Happy New Year's, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, special edition with the Soulless Ginger. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business, tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Happy New Year's, all you Wingnuts listening. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host today, the Soulless Ginger, aka the Nag, Natalie Giraffe, Natalie Graff. I really just kind of answer to anything. And I am here today hosting this solo. Darla Jethro Powell, the head wingnut of all things wingnut, is making me do this on my own so I can grow. Who wants to grow? But hey, you have to, right? Today's podcast is about my aha moments. But I'd like to start by saying this is really hard for me. I usually am just the co-host and sit across from Darla and just listen to her, go through her things, and it's all good. I don't have to think a whole lot. This is actually taking a lot of effort on my part and a lot of learning. So Darla, yes, I am growing. I don't know how she does it. I don't know how she can keep everything straight in her mind and get all the words out correctly. I'm not even going to begin to tell you guys how many times I have had to stop and restart this podcast because it was just so messed up a million times or more. I'm telling you, this is hard. Being the co-host has its perks for sure. I can sit there and really just listen to what our guests talk about, what they have to say, and I can digest it and process it. And I come up with some aha moments. And that's why I decided it was really important for me to do this podcast because I really wanted to share just a few of the moments that basically slapped me up beside my Amish head and said, hey, you better implement these. You better do these. This is what you need. I want to start with sales, maybe because it's a recent episode, episode 97 with Nikki Roche. So maybe that's why it's so fresh in my mind. But we talked about sales and the approaches. Is there a right way? Is there a wrong way? She has a sales staircase. And I really enjoyed this episode because I have actually implemented three of her suggestions. And let me tell you, they really, really work. Nikki talks about when you go to a consultation and you want to send out that proposal for more work, she said, schedule the follow-up call before you actually ever leave the client's house. That way, you get it on your calendar, you get it on their calendar, and you have a time to go over the proposal that you are going to send them. It worked like a charm. I used it, I think, a week later in a consultation, and it was perfect. The only side note I have to that is make sure all the stakeholders are involved, because now I am playing phone tag with the client's husband so he knows what's going on. If you really do need to go back and consult with your team and you need an opportunity to put together a well-proposed offer, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to say to the client, now based on everything we've talked about, I do have ideas of how we can work together. I'd like an opportunity to put together a proposal with you and then an opportunity to walk you through the proposal. Can we go ahead and schedule that now? 
Oh, okay. So yeah, so I would die. I would die even at the prospect of just having to close in that manner. (laughs) No, I I like that idea. I can do that. I can whip my calendar out and say, okay, so we're going to have a proposal to you by then. When will you be able to discuss and talk about it? Because I can totally see how that will nail them down and say, you know, get off the pot kind of thing. <laughs> when I'm in that, really, my thing is like I get so much anxiety from the the actual meeting and worrying whether or not, you know, we did well and wanting to run out of there. And that's just me. I'm anxiety ridden. Not all interior designers are. but That's actually a really good idea because some of these consultations are pretty simple to where we could say, OK, this this consultation does fill this particular package model. It's six thousand dollars. When do you want to start? I could see us doing that. But for something more complicated to what Natalie was talking about, that's a great idea, Nikki, because you're still you're still getting them to make make some kind of yes commitment in some way, right? Yeah. And what we're trying to do is keep the ball moving, right? Like if you just say, I'll send you a proposal next week, let me know what you think. They're never going to make a decision. And that means they're probably not going to get their project done. And they're still going to be suffering with whatever it was that they're unhappy with in the first place. And so your job is to make it as super easy as possible to earn somebody's business and help them make decisions along the way. So this is why you do want to schedule that next step. And you do want to review the proposal with them, if at all possible. The next thing that really just made me giggle was when she's talked about bless and release people. And this hit a little nerve because I thought, you know, she is so right. Bless and release them. If you walk into a home or into a project and there are so many red flags and you feel, eh, this is not my ideal client, do what Nikki does. Bless them and release them. So I just gave them some type of a a range in their mind. Now, if they come back and they're like, that's so expensive. Well, now we need to decide and assess, like, is this actually a client? Because if they're not willing to invest what it's going to take in order for them to get what they want, they're probably not a client. So my suggestion in those moments is to bless and release people. (laughs) Let's not try to convince somebody who doesn't have the money or will never invest the money. Like, Don't waste your time. And I don't mean that they're a bad person or anything like that, but let's be honest, like we're here to grow our business. And that means we have to work with our ideal people. The last thing that I put into play that Nikki talked about was clients that were really hard to get a hold of at the end. You emailed them, you've left them voicemails, you've tried everything. The last step that she says is to send an email. And in that subject line, put closing the loop. And in the body of your email, give them three times that you would be available to chat if they wanted to chat. We finished the podcast. I tried this. The next morning, I had an email in my inbox from the client who I could not get to return my call, explaining to me what was going on and giving me a little bit of information. And if we could please just be patient, she'll get back to us after the first of the year. It worked like a charm. I loved it. What really caught my attention in episode 25 with Carla Aston was her advice on what your blog should do. And you want to know, what do you mean by that? Your blog should answer a question or solve a problem. Now, being new to the interior design world, when Darla decided to go into this business, I'm like, what do you mean? What's a blog? I was like, what's a podcast? I mean, come on, I'm Amish, really. When your blog answers a question or solves a problem, it helps the reader. 
And who doesn't want to know how to fix something? And hey, if they don't know how to fix something or they don't think that they are capable of fixing it, they may just reach out and call your firm to fix it for them. It's a win-win. I would start small, you know. Um, I mean, I really think some personal type information showing how you address a problem is always a good hit. One of my posts that's been super popular has the worst images I've ever taken. I mean, <laughs> and, but it but it solves a problem, you know. So um, what is it? It's uh, oh god, let me look at it. It's like it's about mm-hmm. um, cabinet upper cabinets. Hold on, just oh, a I minute. think I remember you sharing that. Yeah, yeah. and it has it's ugly pictures, you know, construction pictures, before <laughs> pictures. I wasn't done job, so I was just telling the process. So um, you know that one, but it's solving a problem. Right, solving a problem. <laughs> I might be a little embarrassed to admit this next aha moment that I had, but it's actually Brand Voice with Nicole Heimer on episode five, and she explains to us what this is. And I'll admit, when Darla first started DPI, she did have a phone call with Nicole Heimer, and I all I remember was she spoke about no like, and trust, and it never clicked for me, never really clicked. It clicked when we interviewed Nicole, and I had that moment, oh, you big old Amish, why didn't you get this and why didn't you understand it? And what it meant to me is you want your clients to know, like, and trust you. If you define your brand voice and it's authentic and you're consistent across all platforms, clients will actually get to know you through your social, hopefully like you, and already trust you before they call for that consultation or that full service. And I must say, I will never hear the words, no like, and trust in nobody else's voice, but Nicole, no like, and trust. Yeah, you guys have heard that term like, oh, people have to like, no like, and trust you, right? Have you guys heard mm-hmm. people say that? Like, yeah. no like, and trust, like, I mean, those things come from different sort of like resources, you know, like how that happens. But one of them is when they, the, the person, the user, the buyer feels like they get the brand, like they feel like they like have something in common with the brand. They just like it. If you are um, really sort of like meh and like vague and have no voice in your brand copy and every, all the other places that you put your brand voice, then you're not going to, it's, it's not going to touch people so much. You can be very broad and have no specific voice, but you conversely, I mean, you won't attract specific clients that way. It's not going to help to like narrow down who your target is. So is that an example of being meh? <laughs> not, just having, not having that dialed in? Or what would you say would be an example of meh? In general with marketing, right? Like if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody, right? So same thing with brand voice. If you're trying to like not put anyone off, you know, uh, like yeah. if, you're, if you're just like trying to like keep it like really like, I don't want to offend anyone. Not that you have to be offensive. That's not what I'm saying. But like just if you don't, don't have any color, flavor or texture to the voice that you're using, that's meh to me. It doesn't have to be funny. It doesn't have to be wildly aspirational. Like it could be any direction. It doesn't have to be any specific direction, but I don't know. You got to have something for people to grab onto, to be attracted to. The last moment that I have as my aha moment, I really couldn't believe. I was like, come on, you got to be kidding me. There are a lot of designers that want to be on HGTV. We had an interview with Abby McCollum of HGTV on episode 38, and she informed us that designers can actually get a show 
by using the hashtag HGTV. She also told us that at night when she's winding down and flipping through designers' accounts and stories, she's always looking for the next big thing. So hey, who knows, if you go ahead and hashtag your social media, your stories, whatever you want HGTV to see, hashtag HGTV, you might just end up with a show. Darla, don't get any ideas. I remember at the Design Influencers Conference, you had mentioned, and I did this, to put hashtag HGTV or to tag you guys in the post, and you will actually get alerted and see that. Is that still effective? Do you still recommend doing that? Yes, I definitely still recommend that. You know, there's a lot of people out there on the internet, and sometimes we can't get through all of our direct messages, and we can't see everyone that tags us. But to be honest, sometimes when I'm sitting at home watching TV at, you know, 11 p.m. on a Tuesday, I'm scrolling through hashtag HGTV. And I'm looking at people who have tagged us and I'm, you know, clicking on our Mm. account to see people who have tagged us in different posts. So sometimes you never know who's sitting there at home watching something on their TV and watching what you have tagged us in. So I think that, you know, if you want us to see you, put yourself in front of us in as many ways as possible. And you never know who might be watching from the background. I just mentioned some of my standout moments on the podcast. But I wanted to leave you with one more thing that I picked up at High Point. I was listening to a panel with Corey Damon Jenkins, and he was talking about posting a project from start to finish. And what do I mean by that? For example, if you had a project and you know this project is going to take you six months start to finish, on day one, you start with your befores, you start with your demos, you start snapping pics, then you snap some in the middle, you snap some a little closer to the end, and then bam, you snap the finished pics. Hang on to these photos, people. Don't post them in real time. You lose your followers' interest by taking six months to show them a project start to finish. So those photos that you've gathered within that six months, take a couple of weeks and slowly tease the project and drip it out on social. Keep the project current. This way it keeps your followers waiting and anticipating for that next story of what are they going to see now? What are they going to see now? So a project that's going to take you six months, wait and take about two to three weeks and post that over your social. Wingnuts, I hope I gave you a couple little nuggets to hang on to that slapped me up beside the head and that really meant a lot to me and that we've implemented in our business at Wingnut Social and also at Darla Powell Interiors. And thank you for putting up with me as your solo host. I cannot wait for next week until I can go back to be the co-host that doesn't have to think very much. I hope everybody has a wonderful New Year's. I hope the resolutions are going strong. Stay tuned. I'm sure Darla's going to have some new found tequila diet or a fasting diet. So I'm sure it's going to be on there shortly. And if you like what you hear, follow us at Wingnut Social on all social media channels. You can send us an email, info at Wingnut Social, and we'd be glad to answer any question that you have. Happy New Year's and thanks for listening. So long. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level.